This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So, the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Welcome to the Chelsea Fancast, fueled by Guinness, powered by Celery, uh, the show that can't quite believe it's all over. And so the longest season ever has finally ended. But what did we make of it all? The excitement of Frank Lampard and Jody Morris returning to their natural home seems a long time ago. But has it receded at all? Uh, have they and their young group of players exceeded expectations? Was finishing in the top four and qualifying for the Champions League a substantive achievement given the transfer ban, losing Hazard and promoting the youth? Did the disappointment in losing the FA Cup final to Arsenal spoil the season? As ever with Chelsea, it's been a roller coaster of glorious unpredictability this season, with the pitch significantly queered by the fact that the COVID-19 pandemic denied us all the opportunity to actually be at the place we love, with the people we love, for six months and counting. Now, whatever we think about this season, the delight or the disappointments, let's hope that normal service is resumed as quickly as possible next season. And for the final Monday night show of the season, it can only be the season review. Chelsea Fancast number 518. And on this monstrously we have i was saying to the peeps before they uh you know as they were kind of gathering in the the zoom room um i mean we we used to do a big old mashup at the end of the season quite often whether it be in putney station or my flat where we'd have a few drinks just kind of celebrate the end of the season really but i have to say number one i've never done one with all of us in at the same time. And we we have tonight every single main contributor to the Chelsea fancast over this year. Um, and I've certainly never done it with 11 on Zoom. So, And we're all drinking. So cheers, everybody. Cheers. There you cheers. go. So it could, be, it could be fun. It could be quite long. But anyway, without further ado, as ever, um, Mr. Jonathan Kidd. 
delight to be on the show with such a, a wonderful, wonderfully assembled crew. Love to see everybody here. Excellent to be on here with you. Mm, good to have you as ever, my friend. Now, I'm just going to go from top, you know, that way round. So you get what I mean. We've got lovely Dean Mears on the show tonight. Evening, Jeff. Evening all. Delight to be here again. Good to see you, my friend. We've got the wonderful Martin Wickham. Evening, how you doing? And well, good, mate. Lovely to see you. We have Mr. Dane Whittle. Hello, everyone. I was going to say half American, half British, but all Chelsea. <laughs> yes, I like that. <laughs> I, I like that. That's a good intro for you. I shall remember that. We have, as ever, the wonderful Mr. Dan Silver. Hi, guys. We have the man with the. I have to say, what I want to do, I want to do a celebrity death match of, you know, Chelsea uh, kind of, you know, writers. And I think it would have to be, the final would be uh, between Mark Meehan and Kelvin Barker for uh, Mr. Memory. Uh, this man's memory, I, I think it rivals Kelvin Barker's, I have to say. We've got Mr. Mark Meehan on the show. Good evening, everybody. Good evening, Chidge. Lovely to see you. And I, think, I like the fact that you sound, I mean, I've been, just been reading a, a book about the World Cup in 1982. <laughs> Having having read a book about England in the World Cup in 1970, and I like to say, Mark, you've gone as of, I expected. You wonderfully retro. You sound like you're commentating from the Azteca Stadium tonight. <laughs> it probably feels like it as well. There was a reception here at my end. I feel like a million miles away. Knee worries. It won't worry me, mate. Now we've got uh, Mr. Tony Glover, the Reverend Tony Glover. Bonjour. Good to see you, Tone. Yeah. Uh, the absolute. The absolute legend uh, of uh, Chelsea Gate 17, the CFC UK stall, and more books than I've got in my library, Mr. Marco Worrell. Buonasera. Great to see you, buddy. And uh, somebody who I'm very sad to say we have not seen enough of this season, um, but we love tremendously, particularly when she fell asleep during the 50 Years of Chelsea 1970 episode, the absolutely delectable and delightful Alexandra Churchill. Lovely to see you, my love. You're looking well. Last, but by last, but by no means least, everybody's favourite. Actually, voted consistently year on year, the most favourite person on the Chelsea fan cast, Mr. Clayton Beerman. Evening, all. Checks in the post. It's all true. Now there you go. Give give you an indication of how long this show will be. It's taken ten minutes, and we've only just done the introduction of everybody who's on. It bodes well. It bodes well. Now, uh, carrying on with uh, what we got on the show tonight. Obviously, it's a review of the season. But what your uncle Chidge has done, I've also gone a bit retro because back in the day, we used to do this. We I used to get a bit Arsenal on your asses and do a big spreadsheet with questions for you to fill in and answer. And I've done the same this year. I brought that back because I think it's a great way to give us a bit of structure. So it's basically all about reviewing and passing judgment on the 2019-20 season. And as I said, as a consequence, everyone on the show has completed a spreadsheet containing the answers to the most pressing of questions. Um, Now, I mean, if everyone is uh, using scientific analysis and an algorithm or two, then why not the Chelsea fancast? No doubt tomorrow when the podcast gets revealed, there'll be a U-turn and all the results will be retracted and I'll get fired. Uh, Let's hope Williamson is. Anyway, in part one, we reveal our player and management ratings. In part two, we reveal our player of the season, breakthrough player of the season, most disappointing player of the season and the goal of the season. In part three, we reveal our best and worst results and matches from the season. And in part four, we rate the season as a whole 
Uh, and I thought, because this season has been rather bizarre, and some may say unique, I think it has definitely had comparisons with other seasons. So I've got all the boys and girls to kind of let me know what season it reminds them of from the past. And finally, we will reveal our best personal moment from the season. So there you go. Now, as ever, don't forget, uh, you can listen to the show live every Monday at 7 o'clock uh, by going to Mixler, which is mixlr.com forward slash Chelsea Huffman Fancast, where you can join on the chat by posting on the live chat page. And of course, don't forget, you know, Chelsea on Twitter is at Chelsea Fancast, as it is on Instagram, as it is on Facebook. We will be back to kick all of this off in a minute. Okay, so football, football, football. What a season. Um, now, what you don't know, because I didn't tell you, apart from Dean, this is Dean's idea. He emailed me this uh, last week. I can't for the life of me remember doing this. But Dean, because he's brilliant, has actually found all of our predictions from the beginning of the season. <laughs> I thought, what a great... Yeah, Jonathan's looking very worried immediately. <laughs> <laughs> I am going to pass over to Dean to shame, embarrass and humiliate all of us. Dean, take it away, mate. Yeah, over a year ago now, unbelievably, um, I sent out a WhatsApp message on the group. Um, if your name's not mentioned, you obviously didn't respond. So apologies for that. Um, we asked who we thought was going to be the top scorer, how we do in the league, League Cup, FA Cup, Champions League, uh, our player to watch and how the top four and bottom three would play out. I've scored it 2.3 to correct answer. Um, for the bottom three and the top four, you score two points just for the team, um, not the order. Um, so in the league, um, so this is between uh, Chidge, myself, um, Marco, Tony, Alex, and JK and Dan. Um, so, yeah, so in the league, only JK and Clayton didn't predict we finished fourth. Um, JK went for eighth and Clayton for seventh. <laughs> I'm very bad. I'm sorry. I apologise. What did I go for? I don't even remember this. Do you pick fourth as well? Oh, cool. Um, in the Carabao Cup, um, JK, the only one to get it right because he's the only one that backed the fourth round. Uh, it's being negative work at that time for him. Well done, JK. <laughs> um, myself and Marco predicted we'd win the competition. Um, lost my place. Uh, Chidge thought we'd be runners up. Uh, Alex, Tony, and Dan predicted semi finals, and Clayton backed the quarter finals. Uh, the FA Cup, JK done the double with the um, domestic cups this year. Um, he predicted we'd be runners up. Um, I occasionally get it right. Yeah, the quarter finals was backed by Dan, Tony, Marco, Alex, Clayton, and myself. And Chidge picked the fourth round for the FA Cup. Uh, the Champions League was predicted right by Clayton, Alex, Dan and Chidge. Um, I thought we'd lose at the group stages. Marco and Tony thought we'd go one round better and reach the quarterfinals. And JK thought we'd make the semi-finals. Overconfidence on that one. 
<laughs> <laughs> Somewhat. Uh, top scorer, uh, Chidra Marco, both back Tammy Abraham. They both picked up points on that one. We know a striker, Marco. Right. Uh, Tony went for Olivier Giroud. Uh, myself and Dan picked Michi Bachiwai. What are you? What have you, you been smoking, <laughs> man? Drunk. Ah. <laughs> Get worse than that. <laughs> Who did I pick? I think we should all points for that. Uh, Clayton picked uh, Christian Pulisic, and then JK and Alex picked Ross Barkley. Oh, oh. I don't know. What's you know worse, why? Or Ross? That's why, because we, but you were gazing at his ass when I took you last year. <laughs> I may have been shit faced. And it was. We looked at his ass, and you said he's going to be top scorer next season. Yeah, but she you? wasn't but, talking about football, mate. Yeah, but yeah, JK, yeah, you I got it wrong. him as well, so you must have been turned on by the fact. I'm not, not turned on. I was easily led. <laughs> <laughs> Take it. Carry on, Dean. Uh, the one to watch. I picked. Everybody got points here because I think we all picked people that had uh, good seasons. Uh, Mason Mount was backed by Dan and Chidge. Uh, Reese James, myself, and Marco. And Pulisic was the choice of Clayton, Alex, Tony, and JK. Uh, with the top four, Tony was the only person to get all four teams correct. Um, not in the right order, though. Pick six. Detail. <laughs> Detail. Um, everybody else had the same top four, but instead of Man United, we all had Spurs um, third. Apart from JK, who had Arsenal fourth. Boo! Uh, Clayton said he didn't care. <laughs> <laughs> Did he get um, a bonus point for that, Dean? Uh, he sh he should have done. He should have done. <laughs> I'll add him one on now. Uh, the bottom three, only Dan, Tony and Marco picked up any points because they all back Norwich. Everybody else picked three teams that didn't even get relegated. Is that because I picked Liverpool and Spurs and West Ham? <laughs> Pick everything you hate. It was only Mar Marco was the only one that didn't back Sheffield United as well. Everybody else had them to go down. Um, so some season for them. Uh, and Clayton gets another bonus point because he couldn't care less. Good boy. <laughs> um, Trophy wanker. We've got um, four winners with 14 points a Chidge, Dan, Tony, and Marco. Oh, Alex picked up 12 points. Uh, I picked up 10 points, JK with 8, and Clayton finishes with 6. Ah, Did I get bonus points for getting both uh, both the caps right? No. No. <laughs> no. And apologies to Mark, who had not been admitted into our illustrious WhatsApp group. Clearly the best WhatsApp group on Chelsea, but of course he's a, he's a permanent fixture now. So next season... Dean will stitch you up with your predictions as well, Mark. So watch out. You have been warned. <coughs> oh, um, interesting, actually. So I'm, I'm rubbish at predicting, so yeah, I look forward to it. I, I, Marco, I totally agree, mate. I, I, what a, what a, I mean, I'd totally forgotten Dean had done this. It's brilliant of him yeah. to do it. Um, yeah. But actually, I don't think we came out of it too badly. Really? Really? Did we? Oh, well, it came out better yeah. than Mark Lawrence ever does on BBC. <laughs> yeah, but that, but that's because we, we, we need and to have... Liverpool 38-game win. We need yeah. to... <laughs> Lawrence is a low bar as well, as your friends. Yeah. We do need to have pencils up our nose to, to be like Mark Lawrence, and obviously. All right, well, well done, people, and well done, Dean, for doing that. That was a, a, a lovely surprise uh, when, you, uh, when you emailed me about that last week, so there we go. I think this is going to be an interesting evening, really, to prove... Once and for all, whether we talk bollocks for an entire season, have no idea what we're talking about, 
or whether we actually do know a bit about football. I, I actually think we know a bit about football, actually, but there you go. Anyway, um, we're going to kick this off with the player ratings. Now, clearly there are a lot of players and there are a lot of ratings, so what I'm going to do, I'm not going to go through everybody's individually. I'll pick out a few outliers, but I think the best thing to do, what I've done, I've done an average, okay, uh, of the scores <clears throat> that we've all given. I felt that that seemed to be uh, a very sensible way of doing it. I, I will work from the bottom up. Um, uh, trailing uh, at the bottom are Michi Batshuayi on three, Emerson on three, Kepa Arathabalaga on three. Uh, would anybody kind of uh, really have a problem with that? I don't. I I think actually we've been re- remarkably fair. I mean, Kepa did well to get three. I think. Put your hand up if you want to say something, because I've got so many on screen. I want. I want to know who to go to. Was that a hand? Was that a bid, Alex? Yeah. Who the fuck gave Mitchy Batchway three? Well, okay, I can name and shame. I mean, that's the beautiful I'm thing serious, about this. I'd love. I'd love to know the rationale between even giving him that. Well, I, I, I can... thought he existed till this week. Well, I, I... Ajax away. Yeah. Yeah, he scored a great goal against Ajax away. That's very true. Um, okay, I gave him three. J.K. gave him one. Um, Tony gave him two. You didn't give him. You see, the thing is, Alex, you didn't give anybody ratings at all. I give him zero. You give. Okay, so we're going to do a live player rating with Alex. He's now yeah. that's brought his average down possibly, uh, maybe nearer a two. I can tell you. No, it's still three. So there you go. Uh, I think that's fair enough. I mean, Kepper as well. I mean, he's. We'll get onto him no doubt later. It's been incredibly disappointing. Um, and Emerson, you know, has, want, has wanted away for the entire season. So uh, I've got no track with that. Now, uh, next after that is four. A sole four for the wonderful... Now, this was a bit of a shame, actually. I mean, and we were all very consistent. Everybody voted uh, Ruben Loftus-Cheek at four, apart from Martin, who gave him a five, and Mark uh, Meehan, who gave him a three, and Dean, who gave him a five. Um, apart from, uh, this is an outlier. Here we go. Our first outlier, Dane. Why did you put NA for Loftus Cheek? I, I thought it was harsh to give him a rating. I've, I, it was all about fitness for him. He was never going to come on and impress or do much. You could see his legs looked half the size they used to. I, I think they put him in a substitute about three or four games in a row, and I couldn't work out why. He never looked like he was ever going to get on. Uh, yeah, I just thought it would have been too harsh on him because I like him and. It was pointless. You're pointless. all heart, mate. You're all heart. Um, yeah, and man. and Mr. Meehan, a three. What was what was that? Was seen a bit unfair, but I could be wrong. Just didn't play any football this year, so it was either sort of follow Dane and do zero or not, not applicable. So that's why I guess three is a low score because this year. Fair enough. You justify it. That's the point. Um, now uh, we got a few four and a halves. I think oh, we got four and a half. Uh, Callum Hudson Adoy. Uh, actually, he's the only one on four and a half. And I think, again, presumably the same uh, logic applies, really, that he, he just hasn't really played enough, uh, having had that dreadful injury. Um, who gave him better than that? Marco gave him a... Marco! It gave him a two! Two for Callum hudson Adoy. Well, I agree. He covered himself in glory, did he? Why uh, for? Pardon? Why so? Well, uh, I just that whole episode during lockdown wasn't very good, was it? Um, so that kind of dragged it from five down to whatever I gave him. 
Yeah. Um, you gave me yeah. two. Yeah. So. So yeah, no, 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 nothing further to add. Nothing is... further to add. Uh, J.K., you gave him a three. Similar kind of beef. Yeah, I, I thought he was terrible all season. And, and, and we're, I know, I know, we're giving him a lot of uh, leeway because he had the terrible injury. But um, uh, he, he, he looks a shadow of the play he's supposed to be. And I, I, I don't know how how long we're supposed to go on giving making allowances for people. You know, it will be the same next oh, year. I don't know. It, how, long have, how, before, how long have yeah. you and I worked together now? I don't know. <laughs> I, I still haven't worked out when it's going to actually start clicking. <laughs> I haven't, haven't given him a contract yet. Yeah. <laughs> I'm no. an apprentice. Yeah. <laughs> Something like that. Fair enough. All right. So poor old Callum only got a four and a half. Now, there, there was a five. Just seeing if there's more than one five. There's definitely one, one five. And that was for... Antonio Antonio Rudiger. Everybody was again fairly consistent with this. There weren't too many outliers. Um I mean Dean Dean gave him a three. Dean, justify justify the low mark for Rudiger. He's supposed to be the most experienced and commanding centre back in the team. Um and he didn't step up for me, I thought, especially in the um FA Cup final who was completely useless. And he should have been the like the first choice centre half, and he used the other three to sort of partner him, and he didn't deliver for Frank. Okay, fair enough. Now we got three uh, tied on five and a half, uh, I believe, and they are Andreas Christensen, Jorginho, and Ngolo Kante. Um, obviously, disappointing season for Kante. Um, I think. I think Christensen's been dreadful. I can't believe I gave him five now, thinking about yeah, me, it. Me neither. Um, Terrible. Yeah, Jorginho. I mean, I, 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 he's a bit of a... Alex has got a mitt raised. Has she? Well, I can't see because I'm looking at the spreadsheet. But oh, uh, I'm just going to say that I give him two. You give him two? You... I think he's rubbish. Who? I've got enough of him now, Christensen. Christensen. Yeah. Too weak. It's yeah. weak and fluffy. While I'm know. here, Alex, let, let's update you on the other ones that you haven't done. Oh. Okay. So, uh, Hudson, because we could bring the averages down or up here, and we need this to be accurate, otherwise I'll be accused of being Gallum, uh, Gavin Williamson. Um, Hudson Adoy. Well, if I'm giving Christensen two, then he's got to have a one. A one, okay. <laughs> uh, Loftus Cheek. Na, I N agree with you. Na, okay. Who else? Who else did we discuss? Rudiger, didn't we? I'm giving him ten, and you know why. Oh, okay. But what about for footballing reasons? Uh, no, no, no. It's not what you think, Tony. No, it's not what you think. It's the charity thing. He totally changed the little boy's life at Everton in the last. So game you're giving him a ten based on his off-field performance. I'll give him five on football. Okay, thank you. Uh, did we did we talk about anybody else? Well, we just done Christian, so which he's given a two for, and oh, we had. Pepper. Kepper. Uh, we haven't done him yet. Oh, we have. Uh, we have. We have. We have, we have. I'm so sorry. Well done, Kepper. Bit harsh. Four. Four. Yeah. Bit high, I think. I think. I think we now. If you were asking me to rate as of the last two months, I'd give him zero. But I think he was not that bad at the beginning of the season, was he? I don't know. It's been so long, to be honest, Chidge, that I don't even remember who they are. No. <laughs> I, I know the feeling. Right. Uh, while while you're there, Alex, give it. I haven't talked to anybody else about this, but Jorginho and Kante, both at the moment, have got five and a half on the average. Uh, I'll give Kante a six, but uh, with the caveat that again he's not been at his best this season because he's been I, he's just been running to the ground for a number of years in a row, I think, and it caught up with him this year. Right. What was the other one? 
Jorginho. Four. Four. I took a whole mark off for his stupid hair since lockdown. I quite like the stupid hair, actually. It looks ridiculous. Yeah. It was very beautiful. The ears and the afro, just no. Yeah. Okay. Now, just just to kind of let you know, the average of the averages in terms of the, the complete player ratings minus Alex was six. So, in other words, average performance for a Chelsea player, in our opinion this year, was a six out of ten. So we've just done the below-average players. The below-average players being uh, Batshuayi, Christensen, uh, Emerson, Callum Hudson-Odoi, uh, Kante, Jorginho, Loftus-Cheek, Rudiger, and they and and I think I said Kepa, didn't I? So they were all below average this year. So now we're getting into the ones that we think did quite good. So let's start with the sixes, of which there were two, three. And they were Ross Barkley, uh, Pedro and Ficayo Tamori. So I'm going to start with Ross Barkley first, see if there are any outliers there. Actually, no. Everybody voted six for Barkley, apart from, surprisingly enough, Jonathan Kidd, who, <laughs> who, after what we heard a minute ago, I would have thought he'd have had an 11 out of 10. I, what I, happened, I'm JK? Com- I'm com- bemused as to how I ever thought he'd have scored lots of goals. I must have been completely, <laughs> completely misled by Alex. It's, I don't know. I what... must have been shit faced in my defence. Yeah, but how did you persuade me to, to, to do that? I don't know. I don't been... know how I persuaded myself. How yeah. wrong do you have to be to think that? <clears throat> I know. It's like 12 points of all the whiskey and. Um... Few other substances. You know what it <laughs> must have been? I must have been on Gordon's. There must have been a lack of viable gin. <laughs> ah. I must have been drinking Gordon's. Wasn't it? Wasn't it strange gin though in the uh, in Aussies? Weren't they? Just, didn't they have strange flavours? And you were trying them all out, wasn't it? That possibly. It might have just been the total amount of sugar from raiding. And the yeah, the pick and mix. Yeah, yeah, was that as well? My own body weight in um, it was probably. Yeah, no, I, I'm. Uh, I, 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 I'm. I'm. As you know, I'm not a fan of Barclays and I wish we'd ship him out because I think it's um, once again, it's an experiment that you think we're always we're all, we're always making excuses. Even I mean, even me, every time he does quite well, you go, oh, good, he's playing better Then he lets you down the following game. So I got, I'm fed up with his complete lack of consistency. And um, and, I, and I don't think he's got a, a big enough brain to work out that there are ever players around him he could pass to or in better, better positions. So um He's uh, he's not my favourite player. Okay, fair. But I, I fear that we will have him again next season because I don't think there will be this clear out that we're all anticipating. Well, and it never will be. Not of the size people are talking about. Yeah. Well, we yeah. shall see. Uh, now, the other two who got six uh, are both defenders. So, um, average seasons for defenders, obviously. But uh, one was Kurt Zuma, who I think yeah. fared best out of the regular defenders. And the other one is the mystery that is Ficayo Tamori, who started really, really well at the beginning of the season, has just been absolutely AWOL since. Nobody seems to know why. Um, again, there's a lot of parity in the answers here. Uh, you know, the lowest... Actually, Dean gave Tamori four, so I'll talk to Dean about that uh, right now, actually. Dean, why'd you give him four? He disappeared. He disappeared. He had a good start for the season, and then, sort of, yeah, just like us being in the games, after lockdown, he wasn't there. Okay, fair enough. I mean, most people were giving him six, fives or sevens, to be fair. I mean, I gave him six. Tony gave him six. Uh, Martin gave him six. Uh, Dane, Mark, 
uh, and Clayton all gave him seven, which I thought was reasonable. Clayton, um, oh. w- why did you why did you give him seven? Because, and I can't name them, but if you have a look at some of our best performances away from home and victories, he was playing in, in most of them. Um, I don't actually understand where he's gone or what's happened. I know that he got injured. He got hiked off against Arsenal, didn't he? Uh, but he, to be fair to him, he was playing at right back rather than centre half. Um, he looks the most natural footballer of the four centre halves, um, and he's obviously not trained on after his injury because I can't think with that shambles of a fucking defence that we've got um, that you wouldn't have tried him. So whether he's fallen out, whether he's done something stupid, I don't know. Um, I think it's a great shame. He, he looked like he had a lot of promise. His distribution wasn't great, but then you look at the other three clowns and they're not exactly uh, Beckenbauer either. So um, I don't know what happened to him. That's why I gave him a a good score. Indeed. Um, Turning to Zuma, uh, he also got six, as we know. Again, um, you know, most people were either giving him a five or six or or a seven. I gave him five, uh, as did Marco, as did Dean. Uh, Sixes were from JK, Clayton uh, and Martin and Mark and Dane. Uh, but Tony and Dan gave Zuma seven. Dan, hang on a minute, because I think I had you on mute because it was a bit noisy on your background. So let me unmute you. Dan, why did you give Zuma seven, mate? I thought he was our best centre-back throughout the season. He was, you know, he's the most composed. He looks very uncomfortable. He's actually a very good defender. His recovery tackles are fantastic. I thought out of all the centre-halves, he was our best one, albeit a very low bar. And I've always liked him. He's the one who would attack the ball the most couple of you know important tackles i think he should he should be the mainstay fair enough tony would you agree with that yeah i, I would and i think well if, if people can remember that far back to the beginning of the season rudiger and christensen were injured so our our front two our back two was zuma and um and tamori and and they were arguably our most successful in defense uh, and then when the other two came back, I was, you know, Frank's doing it based on what he sees in training, and and they seem to get sort of sidelined. And it is a bit of a shame because Zuma, to me, is becoming a bit like Mikel in the sense that he's the boo boy. He's the one that everybody says, well, what the fuck does he do? Or he's bad on the ball, and he patently isn't. He wouldn't be in our fucking team if he was a bad footballer. Um, and I get a bit pissed off a bit when people go, oh, he's not very good on the ball. He's a fucking defender. What I want him to do is head the ball out, boof the ball out, pass the ball out, or fucking tackle. I don't want him to make fucking whizzy runs up, as we saw when he tried and, and then blew it at the last minute. Oh, no, but... I quite like that. If I'd forgotten well, all about that, that would have been, <laughs> if we still had a celery, of the, celery moment of the season category, that would have probably been it. Yeah, yeah. But I like, so I like Zuma, and I think he... It, it, the reason I think he's, he's possibly, for me, being our best defender, I think me and Dan spoke about this, is because... We said in the last fan cast, Kepper is so fucking bad, right, that the defence are overthinking things all the time, trying to fucking protect their goal and get themselves tied up. Because I don't think Zuma is that sort of player. I think he just thinks, get the fucking ball out. That tackle he made against, was it Wolves? Uh, or, no, Palace against... Um, yeah, cleaned clean Zahar out, didn't he? Up there with fucking Bobby Moore in the World Cup 1970. That tackle was so perfectly timed from what would have been... But actually, Tony, in some respects, better than Bobby Moore's because it was in the penalty area and he'd have given away a penalty. Dan, you had your hand up, which was very polite of you, and I'm much, 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 muchly appreciating of that. 
Which yeah, I was one? just going to mention the point about the, the run against Ajax when he kind of tiptoed through the whole team and then yeah. hoiked it. I just think something bad. He's also, he looks quite an infectious character for the pitch as well. He's always smiling. Mm. So I think it's an important, you know, characteristic. And you've got moment. people like, and he's, and he's just, he's, he's aggressive because, you know, Christensen, wet, you know, Tenstone went through. Rudiger's forms dropped. And tomorrow, so really, he's our, he's our best centre back. And, you know, put him alongside a best centre half will hopefully bring in, you know, improve yeah. his game. I'm I'm warming to all of those ideas. Right, we're now moving up a gear. We're into the 6.5s, who are Willie Caballero, Reese James and Marcus Alonso. Uh, Willie, actually, uh, again, consistently, he was getting six and sevens from everybody, uh, apart from Tony, who gave him an eight. Tony? Because he, he didn't Just let us down, did he? Well, let's be honest, he didn't let us down. He, he, how old's Caballero? was about 38, right? He's, yeah. Uh, he knows he's never going to be the number one choice. So a bit like Benetti used to have to be for, for Banks, he's got to have that ability to step up and, and come in and do it. And he does it. And I know he's a little bit eccentric, but then it seems to me that you know 90% of the Premiership goalkeepers have got that touch of eccentricity about him. But what he is is a bloody good shot stopper. And the minute he's in goal, the defence tends to play better. It really does. It's almost like, oh, well, we can trust the guy behind us. He seems to control and vastly box better. And, and well, yes, I think, you know, I, I'm, I, I think when, when Kepper was dropped towards the end of the season, I made my mind up that older goalkeepers are better than younger goalkeepers. Mm. By a fucking mile. Because they don't, I don't know whether they're not trying to impress people or whatever, but Cavaliero has been a, a, a very, very good insurance policy for us. And I, I think, if it hadn't been for him, we wouldn't have finished fourth. Mm, that's a good point. Um, okay, we've got Rhys James. Rhys James also got 6.5. And again, everybody was pretty much uh, on the money with that. I mean, sixes and sevens. Tony gave him an eight because Tony's basically a really nice bloke. I think that's what, we're, <laughs> that's what we're really established. This is also actually a good thing. The player ratings establishes who's a shithead on the Chelsea fancast and who's basically a really lovely person. I think Tony's winning that one. Uh, Martin, um, you were uh, bang on the money uh, pretty much as everybody else was with Reece James. You gave him a six. But, um, I mean, he, I think he's had a funny old season, hasn't he? It's, it's, I, six, six and a half seems absolutely about right for Reece James because he hasn't, he hasn't uh, you know, blown the world apart, has he, with his performances this season? Although earlier on, I think he might have done. But he hasn't really disappointed or let us down either, has he? Absolutely. He's still learning on the job, really, isn't he? Um, you know, say... I've heard him getting disparaged as young Wigan's player of the year playing for Chelsea at one point, but you know he's been fairly solid. I think the key thing for me as well was when he switched to defensive midfield for the Everton game. He looked very comfortable there, and if they do eventually need to sort out the back four and he moves up into midfield, I don't think that should surprise anyone either. Mm. I think there's there's room for there's room for improvement, but I think there's room for improvement throughout the squad. So well, I think in- he's got wonderful potential, Reese James. I think he's. Uh, you can see that he's 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 growing as a player. I think um, next season he'll be fantastic. Can't have re- can't have helped actually. You know, considering that Reese James plays in defence, and it's where we've had our big, you know, uh, systemic problem this season. To be that young and inexperienced in the Premier League and having to deal with that must have been very difficult. So I, I think you know he, he deserves plaudits for getting through that. We've now got Marcus Alonso. Um, and uh, again, you know, it was fairly consistent by the lot of us. We either gave him a six or a seven, um, apart from Dan. Dan. I mean, surely, Dan, Marcus Alonso gets an extra point because he's got the most beautiful hair ever. 
even more beautiful than mine. What did I give him? I can't remember. You gave him five, man. I don't know why. Um, he was on. I obviously had a bad hair moment. You're just jealous, Dan. That's what you're really yeah, trying to exactly. tell us, isn't it? Yeah. Um, I can't remember why I gave him a five. Unless I got confused. Who's below him in the markings? <laughs> well, oh, everybody that we've mentioned so far basically no, no, makes people go for the confusion with Emerson. You thought they were similar sounding names. I That's don't it. know. Now, I... who was next to him on the list? Uh, next... Mason Mount was below him and Ruben Loftus-Cheek was above him. No, I don't know why I gave him a five. I forgot he scored against Spurs, so yeah. yeah. I'll give him a six. Goodness me. He's well, a conundrum, I... isn't he, Chid? He's he is. He's a conundrum, he is. Because uh, he's, he's terrific in the uh, when we play the... Uh, the the three four three and yeah. he's uh, I he, love him he's mate really lacking when he plays uh, any other system but, but he's not a conundrum he's just not a defender he's a wing back no, and a... he can't defend well if you play if you play him in a five he's fine if you play him in a four he's less fine well I'm I'm very uh, surprised to see that a certain gentleman only gave him six because I know I know that there's an awful lot of I mean Clayton by the way who just spoke up in in his defence gave him a seven as did Martin uh, Mark and Dane. Uh, Marco only gave Marcus Alonso six. I'm surprised by that because I, I I know that you're a big Marcus Alonso fan, Marco. Yeah, I, I just think um, well, it was kind of it's a generous six. Um, <laughs> he's a, a handsome devil. He is. <laughs> have a lot of man love for him. Uh, no, no, I don't know. You know. He just frustrated me quite a bit um, when when he did play. Um, so you know, six six seemed like a good mark to give him. <laughs> Bayern was a low, wasn't it? His performance against Bayern. Yeah, he's just best. well. I think he did you know, try and got, kick somebody. Yeah, he's just I don't know. His shortcomings are, were there for everyone to see against Bayern. And then he capped it off by getting sent off, didn't he? So he did, he did, he did. Oh well, never mind. Um, okay, we've got two sevens, uh, and they are Tammy Abraham and uh, Cesar Aspilicueta. Uh Again, actually, you know, it was it was a good old example of averages because we either gave them six or seven or eight. Uh, to, looking at Tammy Abraham first, um, who gave him a higher mark? Well, Dane, Martin, and Dan gave him an eight. Uh, I gave him seven as to Clayton, Tony uh, and Dean. Uh, and Marco gave him a six as did JK and Mark. Mm, the oldster's not liking the youth. I'll, I'll talk to uh, I'll talk to Dane first about uh, Tammy and then I'll, I'll pick on Mark for uh, why he gave him a six. So Dane first on Tammy. Why the eight? Well, I was overly impressed with him. I thought... At the beginning, come November, I thought he was being played a little bit too much by by Frank. There's a couple of times he looked tired and he could have really played Giroud for some reason. He was going with Mishy. Maybe he thought Giroud slowed the play down a little bit for the way he wanted to play. But, you know, did he get 18 goals in all competitions or 16? 18. Uh, 18. So, listen, for a guy who his only experience in the Premier League before was at Swansea, where they changed managers early on and then he ended up on the bench... Again, like I said last week, his mindset had to change very quickly to, I'm not going to get a chance at Chelsea to, Frank's in charge now, I'm going to get a chance. And it, I, I think it's admirable. And he can only go higher. If, he, if he's just a second striker, then he's still going to have a good career at Chelsea. Mm. I, I mean, I, I think there was a good case for Tammy. I mean, I only gave him seven 
um, because I did think he faltered uh, later on in the season. But I mean, there, there's a very good case, I think, for for giving him a much higher mark because uh, you know if you look at the the fact that he's, I think, the youngest uh, Chelsea striker to score that many goals in a long, long, long time. But uh, Mark, Mr. Meehan, you 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 gave him a stingy six. Why for? I don't think it was a stingy six. I think it was sort of like um, a season or two halves of Tammy. I think the first half of the season, I would have given him eight out of ten, no question. I think post-lockdown, whether that was the former Giroud, he just didn't seem the same player. Uh, right, OK. Now, if anybody was ever a shoe-in in the Chelsea side for getting a seven out of ten, it's possibly the one player in the week who always gets seven out of ten every week. Uh and of course, that is our captain, Cesar Aspilicueta, who always quietly goes about his business. I think does a phenomenal job. I think he's actually a much better captain to them than I've given him credit for, let alone anybody else. And lo and behold, he gets a seven. Everybody gave him a seven, apart from Clayton and Dane. Um, I know Clayton, you're a huge uh, Aspilicueta fan, hence the eight out of ten. But uh, I'm not asking you to justify it because there's no need. But just just tell me a little bit more about why you gave him eight. Uh, because he is Mr. Chelsea. He's the consummate professional. He turns up, he never moans, he always performs if he doesn't play well. <clears throat> it's not through lack of trying. Um, and I just can't fault him. I really can't. I, th- I think he is, um, I think he's a wonderful, wonderful professional. I think we're incredibly lucky to have him. Um, and I just think that I, I can't fault him, to be perfectly honest. I think he's, He's consistent. You know what you're going to get. He gets shoved all over the place in terms of um, position. And he never lets you down. Can't argue with that. Uh, right. Now, before I go to the seven and a halves, uh, I'm going to have a, uh, I'm going to quickly talk to Alex because I don't want her to get bored because she's not playing in this. I'm going to go through each one and you're going to give me your mark for them, Alex. You've heard enough of them, I think, to be able to do that. So, Tammy Abraham. Six. Six. Cesar. Eight. Uh, Ross Barkley. Six. Uh, Willie Caballero. Seven. Emerson. Two. Two. Generous. I said two. Oh, yeah, right, okay. <laughs> what are you going to give him? Two. Two. Uh, Billy Gilmore. Eight. Eight. Uh, Giroud? Nine. She fancies Giroud. Yeah, clearly. Uh, no, not just that, but it's just, do you know, him and Willie Caballero, I take whatever I'd have given them and add one for what they do off the pitch yeah, as well. Yeah, good point. The attitude they bring to it. Reese James. Sorry, I've not Reese James. You've done him. Jorginho. No, I did him. I haven't done Reese James. Oh, I'm terribly sorry. I uh, Reese James. It was uh, Callum Hudson Odoi. I was thinking of Reese James. Seven. Seven. Uh, Kovacic. Eight. I really like him. Uh, Loftus Cheek. No, sorry. Ten. Marcus Alonso. Six. Six. Uh, Mason Mount. Eight. Uh, Pedro. Oh, nine is a farewell. Lovely. Christian Pulisic? Nine. For the, how he dealt with adversity as well as how well he played at times. And being American, of course. Uh, Ficayo Tamori? Yeah, you see, I agree with 
some points of why he was a six and some points of why he was a four. But he yo-yoed so badly, I'm going to go in the middle and give him five. Okay, fair enough. Uh, William? Ugh, now I've seen him in an Arsenal shirt, seven. Uh, that's a bit disappointing. Zuma? Seven. Seven, right, there you go. Sorry for the interlude, people, but I didn't want Alex to fall asleep on us. Because <laughs> uh, I could see she's all... I mean, what are you, you're drinking your rum and coke. Rum and coke should keep you awake. You should be fine with that. But there you go. Right, so... We'll try to police Bertie for making a racket because you're ignoring him. Oh, no. Bertie, hello, Bertie. How are you? Great to have you back on the show. Right. Okay, we're into the seven and a halfs now and two players got seven and a half and they are complete opposite ends of the spectrum in so many respects. Billy Gilmore, (laughs) Billy Goat Gilmore and William. Uh, Now, brilliant. I mean, you know, it's incredible that a player that young uh, can play so few games um, but get seven and a half for a season review but you know he won two man of the match awards for the one of the you know the two starts he got against Liverpool and Everton what more can you say um again we were fairly um spread out on the averages on this one uh Dean Dane Mark Martin Dan Tony and JK all gave him a seven I gave him an eight as did Alex as we've just heard uh Clayton gave him a nine uh which I think is astonishing um Clayton why the nine uh, well, just look at his potential. Look at what he did when he played. I just think he's he's worth a nine. I can't, you know, when when you looked at him play, he he was it the Everton Liverpool games um, before lockdown. It's quite interesting because if you think about how our season ended after he got injured, um, I think we would have done a lot better with him in the side rather than Kovacic. Or Jorginho. Or Jorginho yeah. rather than yeah. Kovacic. Yeah. Good point. But both of them. I, I just think he made us tick. He was much quicker on the ball. He was going forward as opposed to ponderous passing back to centre-halves because you can't do anything else. Um, I, I thought he looked fantastic. Uh, if the season hadn't stopped for lockdown, I think he could have gone on to just been brilliant for us for the rest of the season. Well, fair enough. Uh, Now, William was the other player to get a seven and a half, and there's been a lot of love for William in here. Uh, Dean, Mark, Martin, Alex, Dan, Tony, Clayton all gave him a seven. Me and JK gave uh, gave him an eight, as did Dane. I love a bit of William. We all know that. Um, But Marco, Marco Worrell gave our uh, Jairzinho Crawford Brazilian winger a nine. Give us a bit of William love, Marco. Tottenham Hotspur nil, William two. Yeah. Happy Christmas. <laughs> Happy That's Christmas. I fucking say. Yes, 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 yes. We like that. Add a point now. And um, when we beat Man City in the post-lockdown game, he took that penalty, um, which was uh, high-pressure stuff. So, you know, I, I just think I've always liked William. Um, yeah, it's shitty seeing him in an Arsenal shirt, but, you know, good luck to the fella. Um, I, I think he's been a terrific player for Chelsea. I thought he stood up to and was counted post-lockdown. He was one of the best players uh, up until we got injured. Um, I just thought he played really well this season. It was one of his better seasons um, of late. I thought it was a shame that they couldn't work a deal out. I think Frank clearly would have liked to have had him around the club. Yeah, no. So, 
really, that's it. You know, I, I just think William has um, had a terrific Chelsea career and I thought he covered himself in um, all kinds of tinselly, lovely glory. And it's a great shame that we never got to say goodbye to him inside the confines of Stamford Bridge. And the same goes for Pedro as well. Yeah. Alex? Yeah, Chris Axon said it best. He put on Facebook, he said to William, sometimes we carried you and sometimes you carried us, but you were always 100% in it. Um, and thanks and much love and all that. But he was yeah. right. Sometimes he did carry the team all on his own and sometimes we carried him. But <laughs> what you can't, over the course of the seven years, he's been excellent. Yeah, well, I can't argue it. Yeah, I can't argue with that. I mean, I wrote, I wrote a beautiful, beautiful. I said a, an article for Football London last week, uh, before he went to Arsenal, entitled "Willian." It was really something. I'm going to read out a couple of um, Mixler messages because they're very, very funny. Um, basically, uh, Andy the Hutch says that he agrees with Tony. Willie didn't let us down. Blue Celery said Willie's bald head allows him to dive faster. Simple. <laughs> there you go. That's the kind of logic we need in management. Uh, Andy the Hutch says, love Reese. Couple of mistakes when when we return, but he's growing. Leon, Hion, sorry, how dare I? Hion Carbacilli says, that Ajax uh, goal alone warrants an eight. Not a bad point. Felipe, who I just mentioned a minute ago. Marcus Alonso was really important this season. Because of him, Emerson didn't start. <laughs> Which I, <laughs> I think is absolutely... He's just upset because he switched allegiance to Italy. That's what it is. I think that's brilliant. Oh, you kind of pretty much sums it up. Anyway, on and on with the madness that we go. We're now into the eights, the stellar performers this year, and they are Mr. Matteo Kovacic, and that's it. He's the only one who got an eight, actually. I think. Yeah, he's the only one who got an eight. Um, again, pretty even spread. Uh, but um, I actually gave him the... No, me and Martin were a bit miserable. We only gave him seven. Uh, everybody else gave him an eight, apart from Marco, gave him a nine. I know Marco likes a bit of Matteo. And uh, Dane and Dean both gave him nines. Uh, Dean, very generous, my old child. In fact, I think he got your highest mark, didn't he, out of all of them? Yeah, he was my player of the season. Um, I thought he was fantastic all through the season. You know, when he made the deal permanent people were asking you know, why what does this player do and i think he turned that around um and everyone can see he's worth for the team you know at times in the midfield you know when you've got teams pressing you he's the only one that can evade them and you know he dribbles like even hazard from midfield um obviously you'd just like him to score a few more goals but I think, yeah i think he had a really good season and my player of the year at least well fair enough i, I have to say i think i think he's been brilliant uh for us this season he's really really maturing into a very, very important player for Chelsea. And I think the interesting thing about, you know, that mid slight midfield conundrum that we have, I mean, I would be perfectly happy, you know, next season, assuming everybody's fully fit, to have uh, the mid, you know, the first two people I put in the, uh, put in the midfield are Kovacic and Kante. I really would. And then you just choose whoever you want from that. Uh, right, the 8.5s, two of those, uh, and they are, they are Oli Giroud, and they are Mason Mount. Uh, now, Mason Mount, many people's favourite, um, just judging from what I've been seeing on Twitter and stuff, uh, for Player of the Year. Uh, he, he gets my vote in the official Player of the Year, by the way. But let's talk about Oli Giroud first. Now, this is interesting. Uh, I, I will run through what everybody gave. Everybody, everybody gave him either an 8 or a 9, other than Dean, 
who gave him a seven. Uh, I will I will be back to talk to you about that in a minute, uh, Dean. Uh, but who gave him a nine? Alex gave him a nine, as we just heard. Dan gave him a nine. Tony gave him a nine. JK gave him a nine. I gave him a nine. Um, JK, you and I talk about this nearly every week on the show about our absolute huge man crush we have on the bearded genius that is Oliver Giroud, don't we? Yeah, I think I must have made a mistake with the Barclay thing and him and confused the, the pictures I was looking at. I can't, <laughs> I can't work out why I said Barclay's going to be the score the most goals. Um, yeah, complete centre forward just revealed what a what a superb player uh, he was, as the, particularly in lockdown. Um, magnificent. Uh, I think it also caused Frank to change his system, um, and and that's the, why it was the shame with Tammy. Tammy was so excellent in the first part of the season as we've said but was then um obviously saw that Giroud was doing doing well in training and decided that that if he would he would try and make the the team play with play with him and uh and and he he he, he supplied the uh, the necessaries he was just um outstanding his ability to anticipate is something that um we've missed over the over the years um well not I, I even think I'm trying to compare him with other kind of traditional centre forwards we've had. Um, obviously, Didier Drogba was a very different kind of player. Um, seemed to be sitting deeper, but it's the it's the it's the the ability to actually run across the goal and flick stuff in that always impresses me with Drew. Some of his his headers from even from 20 yards away are on goal and really accurate and are, are uh, great force in them. Are, are very reminiscent of of 60s 1960s centre forwards and uh, um, prolific scorers i just thought he was he even got seemed to get a bit quicker i think he was found out early on because there were some performances we we'd written him off and i think because everybody was trying to play as quickly early on in the season as um uh, uh when he came on for tammy earlier on in that setup but we're given then that as i say frank wasn't playing as quickly he seemed to fit perfectly into the setup with um with Pulisic and and with William, unfortunately. So it'll be interesting to see how he fits in, if at all, mm. next season. I, I I fear that may be the problem. Is he may not um, well, uh, he, he may not have a go. It may be that he's he's a sub that doesn't quite doesn't quite fit into what Frank's going to be doing. I'm 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 not sure. But this season he was uh, outstanding, and it made you realise how um, why he'd been why he was a World Cup winner and had played for France well, so often. In uh, the words of. Um... But, uh, you know, Brendan Rodgers, he's a beautiful man, beautiful man. And uh, I, I, I can't believe that. Well, I can believe I gave him a nine. Um, now, Mason Mount, he was the only other one on eight and a half. Um, now, the interesting thing about Mason Mount is that uh, I gave him a nine. JK gave him a nine. Dan did. Marco did. Martin did. Mark did. Dane did. We all gave him nine. Dean gave him an eight, as did Alex, as did Clayton. Tony, Tony, six. Why? Shame. Why? Is it because yeah. of that thing he threw on his chin during lockdown. Now, hang him, hang him, hang him. I'll be waiting. Burn the heretic. Burn, Burn the, the heretic. <laughs> and it's quite simple. And this is this is operator error. <laughs> Put in that I gave Pedro ten and Mason Mount six, and it should have been the other way round. Right? It should have been the other it's way round. It's not Mason too late. Mount, Mason Mount was my player of the season, and I, I gave him ten and Pedro a decent six because he's been a decent player. 
or whatever. And so what you've got on the spreadsheet is, is incorrect. So I'm going to go with operator error on the part of the spreadsheet operator. I, I can change it, Tony. I'm doing it now. Yes. Mount. I think that's probably wise because I definitely think Mason Mount, uh, for a number of reasons, has been our best player. Uh, he's been the breakthrough player, considering last season he was at Derby. Um, he would walk into any Premiership side, and I mean by that, the three sides above us easily would take him. I think he'd probably get into most foreign sides. He's skillful. He works hard. His attitude is fantastic. Um, and then on top of that, Chidge, as you well know, he's a local boy to me. Yeah. So, um, you know, I know a few people that know him and I know his family. So, um, yeah, so he's Tony? actually a 10, which you would still pick me out for saying why 10. No, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't at all, actually. <laughs> I mean, I, what I will say, it's interesting. I'm really glad you uh, flagged that because... I was going to hit you very hard for giving Pedro ten because I couldn't. I even I even put that in yellow. I highlighted it in yellow. Yes. I was so w- weirded yes. out by it. Um, but I have to say, you are the only person out of all of us for any of the players to give anyone a ten. So well done you. You are the Olga Corbett judge of the Chelsea <laughs> fan cards. Alex wants the... to give somebody. Oh, a hold, 10. On, hold on, Alex is oh. Alex is. Alex's no, I just say that I would have given him a ten too in solidarity until he came back from lockdown with that fucking thing on his chin. I don't know what that is, but it weirds me out. Fair enough. All right. Okay. So the only one on the averages to get a nine uh, was, of course, uh, the Hershey boy who done good, uh, Mr. Christian Pulisic. The Yanks are we loving this in Mixler. I, I will check in with them in a minute to see if they've Ooh, it's, it's, well to see if they've splattered the the, the computer uh, you know uh, screen at all or anything. Anyway, um, everybody gave uh, Christian even I gave Christian Pulisic a nine. Uh, everybody gave him a nine apart from Clayton and Tony. Um, but as we haven't heard from him for a while, and I want to test to see if his internet connection's working, I'm gonna I'm gonna ask Mark why he gave Pulisic a nine, Mister Meehan. Uh, I thought he had a superb first season. Uh, I think the highlight for him was the game against Burnley, scored a couple of terrific goals, uh, and also I had the pleasure of meeting him on the pitch for the Everton game as well. He's a lovely man. So again, I could probably give him ten, but I settled on the nine. Yeah. Did he really, give you? A, did he give you a sneaky Hershey bar? He didn't know. I was really disappointed. Like, I like Hershey bars. Yeah, I've been to America a few times. So, yeah, a real oh, disappointment not getting Hershey like bars. Give him a point. Yeah. It tastes like fucking grease. That's why I didn't give him 10. You're all miserable. I'm going. I'll lay it out on the line now. American chocolate is shit. All of it, yeah. You, you know why? There's not enough chocolate in it. Because legally, Cadbury's would be illegal over there because of the quantity of milk and sugar. I just, I just need to have a bit of a, a, a retro reflect here because I was thinking about this the other week. But when me, Tony, and the wonderful Alex led us like the Pied Piper of Chelsea around Ypres and the uh, the battlefields of the Somme, uh, me, Tony, and Alex made a beeline for the Belgian chocolate shop. <laughs> yes, indeed. Yes, yeah, so there we go. All right. So, um, was the closed or something? It, yeah, it was actually. Uh, that's why we were in the. No, chocolate shop. Martin, the chocolate shop. If you go to the right one, sells beer oh. as well. Yeah. Then why do you need chocolate? <laughs> now, all right, enough. Uh, okay, I've clearly now got to redo all of the averages. Now we've got Alex's contribution, and you'll be relieved that I'm not going to do that now. But uh, on the first set of averages we've got, it would have made. Uh, I mean, Pulisic gets the highest rating at nine. 
uh, Giroud and Mason Mount closely following him on 8.5. I also thought it'd be fun to give uh, Frank and Jody and the board ratings. Uh, looking at Frank and Jody first, they got a good solid 7.5, which I think is about bang on, really. Pretty much everybody gave him either 7 or 8. I gave him an 8, uh, as did Tony. Uh, there was an outlier here. And there's an outlier, uh, and it is Alex. 10 out of 10 for Frank and Jody. Surely, come on, really? I'm now thinking about it, nine and a half, just because we didn't get the FA Cup. But seriously, like, they've completed, we all sat here and we all said, if we get a European place and they do all right in a cup competition and they don't get the piss taken out of them in Europe, we'll be more than happy. And they did just that. Um, I have to also say that the, that the uh, ratings for Frank, Jody, and the board are the only ones that Alex bothered to do for some reason. So uh, it's very appropriate. Oh, I... You sent a spreadsheet thing and I was drunk and I thought, oh, I'll do it later. And then I didn't. <laughs> Fair so enough. Right. Uh, the board. Uh, oh, the, I mean, as I said, everybody's pretty much concordant with Frank and Jody. And, and we all know why, as they like to say on Twitter. Or Kenny does anyway. Anyway, uh, seven out of ten for the board as well, which I think is about right. Not least because I gave them seven. Uh, a few eights kicking around from Martin and Clayton. Uh, a ten from Alex. Now these are the ones I want to speak about. Alex gave the board ten out of ten. Dean gave them one out of ten, and J.K. <laughs> didn't even answer. So there's some outliers here. But Alex, why ten for the board? Because how many times have we sat here and said we'd just like them to shut up and stay out of the way and let someone get on with it? And they did. Mm. So, yeah, mm, fair point. enough, fair enough. Dean, conversely, why one out of ten? <laughs> they, with their dealings, they led us into a situation where we lost the best player that we've ever had um, creatively. Um, we put in a legend to deal with that, to bring in the youngsters that could have tarnished his reputation in some way if it went wrong. Uh, off the pitch, what they did during the COVID crisis, you know, 10 out of 10, you know, you can't fault the clock for that. But they put us in a situation where things could have been terribly wrong. And we've been very lucky that, you know, Frank has guided us to fourth. And I don't think we should let them off for that. But they can't be worse than Mitchy Batchy, are you, mate? They, you know, how could he even won? Uh, I just think they put us in a situation that a club like us could have finished easily, you know, outside the top four, outside of Europe. I, I think few years to get back and I think they've been very lucky I, I think you're giving them a cumulative low mark for the last five years and I think that would be a highly appropriate actually um, I'm going to come to you in a minute Alex going to go to JK first why didn't you answer this question is there something you need to you on the board JK did you rescind yourself or accuse yourself um, it was taking me too long <laughs> You got bored by then, literally. <laughs> I just thought, I, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm sort of slightly in, 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 in Dean's court, but at the same time, I, I, I was suddenly thinking, um, well, I should perhaps give him seven. But And then I thought, I don't really know, do I? Do any of us know? So I just, you know, what's going on? Is it, you know, is she phoned on the hotline by Roman all the time? Is uh, is he never involved? Is he Is he watching training from hidden cameras? Is he... Uh, I thought, oh, I can't get this together at all. Fair enough, JK. Alex, very quickly, and then we're going to move on with more stuff. I was just going to say that the club deserve 10 out of 10 for how they've dealt with COVID. No one, the only people out of pocket are the club. They paid everybody as if they'd worked the matches, the match day staff. They have um, 
not taking the piss with furloughing people like Liverpool did and like Tottenham tried to. I don't know if Tottenham, I don't know if either of those went back on it in the end. Um, yeah, they totally refunded everybody's money. Uh, they took every hit on them, which yeah. was an honourable thing to do. And they like refunded Arsenal. season tickets, though. Yeah. Season tickets. Hang, on, like hang on, Tony. JK? Did they refund the season tickets? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I haven't had my money back. Blimey, uh, mate. I That's think awesome. if you did an answer... Then yeah. they rolled it over and it's in holding for you to come off of next season. Yeah. No, I did answer, but um, uh, anyway. Okay, we're going to move on before uh, we uh, get. I was going to say. Oh, also, sorry, Tone. Go on, mate. Sorry, mate. They, well, they didn't lay 55 people off last week and then give a 220 grand a week um, uh, contract to an ex Chelsea player, did they? They didn't. They That's didn't. what Arsenal did. Well, Arsenal laid 55 people off last week and then announced William in the same week. You know, so I think. Alex, your point stands even more so because of stuff like that. All right, okay, Just good. A good point. Very briefly, Chid, you know Abdul, who who's the the guy at the bottom of the stairs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He said to me that it, the two days that he worked at Chelsea, they were wonderful, and he needed it to just to to keep his family together. This was before lockdown. And I know for a fact that he's been paid all the time. And I that's think that's very good. No, no, I, I, I mean, absolutely fabulous. I, I'm, I'm the first to kick the board, as we all know, and I've done it very publicly a lot. But I have to say, I think they've, they've played a blinder the most most of this year, and uh, which is why I gave them a seven, because I think that's what they deserved. All right, now we're going to have a break. Uh, when we come back in part two, we're going to do the real kind of the blue ribband uh, of the Chelsea Fancast Season Review Awards, Player of the Season, Breakthrough player of the season, most disappointing player of the season, and goal of the season. Uh, now, before we do, uh, I have a quick reminder because we've got in the house, we've got me, uh, Dean, Marco, Clayton, Mark Meehan in the house. All of us write for, if I've forgotten anybody, shout now. But, uh, you know, we've got all, all of us CFC UK writers, and uh, there will be a new season coming out, and CFC UK will be available even if you can't get it uh, at the stall on a match day. But it's not a problem. You can subscribe to it digitally at cfcuk.net or you can get it via the post uh, where it'll be two quid including first class postal delivery uh, to subscribe and order your CFC UKs you send uh, the address via email and pay by PayPal to cfcuk at gate17.co.uk we will be back in a second Chidge JK in all the years you've been following Chelsea you hardly ever miss a match home or away but how would you feel if you couldn't be there and it's not on TV? Oh, Chich, I'd be bereft, inconsolable. The thought of missing my beloved Blue Boys live. <laughs> it's all too much. <laughs> I know, JK, I know. It's all a bit too much, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> well, panic not. NordVPN have come to the rescue. They have. Yep, NordVPN allows us to watch any match, even if it's not on live TV here. They do? Yeah, they do. With just one click, they switch your virtual location to a country which is showing the match, and they act as your cyber bodyguard whilst online, protecting your personal data and sensitive info like card details and passwords. Oh, wow, great. Uh, But yeah, I bet that'll cost me a fortune. Actually, JK, it's only the price of a cup of coffee per month, and you can use your account across six devices. It's a bargain, JK. And best of all, no more tears for you. Oh, thank you. Thank you, NordVPN. 
I'm so happy. I could cry. <laughs> Where do I sign up, Jidge? Well, to get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com forward slash Chelsea Fancast. There's no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee, and you'll help support the Chelsea Fancast. The link is in the podcast episode description box. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Real fans, real opinions. I'm Jason Cundy and you're listening to Chidge and the boys on the Chelsea Football Fancast. Total nutters and proper Chelsea. Okay, welcome back. This is the Chelsea Fancast, the season review show, the end, like the end of the peer show, for those of you who understand what that means. But it's monster tonight. We've got everybody in the house, all the Fancast regulars, me, Dean, Martin, Tony, Dan, Dane, Marco, Jonathan, Alex, Clayton and Mark Meehan. So there you go, full house tonight. Uh, and to come, we've got the player of the year, most disappointing player of the year, breakthrough player of the year, goal of the season. But before we do that, uh, it would be very remiss of me not to give an extraordinarily large shout out to a new book from our favourite Chelsea author, who, of course, is Mr. Marco Worrell. And it is called When Skies Are Grey. Well, in fact, the full title is When Skies Are Grey, Super Frank, Chelsea and the Coronavirus Crisis. And it is published this week, and it's available in paperback worldwide via Amazon. Uh, I can't read you the link because it wouldn't make any sense, but panic not. Anyway, the most uh, the interesting thing is, and Mark, me, and myself will be delighted by this. Every copy sold, uh, a pound of that goes to the Hammersmith and Fulham Food Bank, which, as you may or may not know, if you listen to the show, you will certainly know that the Chelsea Supporters Trust is heavily involved with organising a food bank at the CFC UK stall and uh, providing very much uh, needed money and provisions uh, through the match day collections to help people who really need it out. And of course, because there's no matches, we're not there, so it's they're not getting it. So Marco's very generously donating a quid from every, every copy that he sells to the Hammersmith and Fulham Food Bank. Now, I know what it's about, Marco, and you and I are going to have a, a, a an interview sometime and we're this week, and we're going to go into it in granular detail, but very quick summary of the book and why people should go and buy it. Um, well, because a pound goes to the Hammersmith and Fulham Food Bank. No, it's, a, it's actually, uh, I don't know, it's, it's, a, it's a deep dive into the background behind um, Frank becoming the Chelsea manager. So why I think Frank is what we call in Italian a simpatico kind of guy and why those types of managers are the managers that we've loved in, in certainly in Premier League history. So it kind of traces the origins of uh, how Frank came to get the job and the significance of it and why he kind of harnessed all the love of the match-going crowd in particular. Um, and then obviously it kind of gets into the granular detail of the season itself. Um, 
and and the the hiatus of the coronavirus crisis project restart the kind of the shifting sands of opinion um in terms of the you know kind of the way people were feeling about project restart and then the restart and what happened after that um and it, and it's quite inclusive as well it's the most inclusive book i've done in terms of gauging or getting opinions of from far and wide, um, from Twitter and also from, you know, people who write for CFC UK, et cetera. Uh, and it's, it's a big book. There's uh, 120,000 words of it. Um, so, yeah, I, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's just an interest. It's quite an interesting take on what is quite an extraordinary season, really. It's a shame it didn't end with a trophy. Um, but there you go. Uh, it's Chelsea for you, isn't it? It so. is indeed, mate. Uh, look, I'll tell you what, people, I can guarantee you that it will be. I've uh, Marco's given me a quick sneaky preview to read before I talk to him about it in depth. And uh, um, and I don't want to, to embarrass him at all. But I mean, I, I write uh, a lot, not books, as Marco will frown at me about. Uh, and I like to think I can write quite well. But when I read Mar- when I read Marco's books, I just think, maybe stick to the podcast because <laughs> he's that good it will be another marco worrell classic i so get get your fingers on your you know paypal things and go and get the book it'll be a cracker right now on with our awards and stuff uh first up uh the blue ribboned the blue ribboned award for everybody really player of the season and just to quickly scoot through um it basically uh boiled down uh really uh to well actually it was closer than i thought um i i'll just kind of whiz through it i me jk tony dan martin mark uh and kind of dane all went for mason mount whereas uh marco alex and dean all went for kovacic um Dane kind of hedged his bets a bit, actually. He went for Mountain Pulisic. I don't quite know what happened with that, Dane. What happened with that, Dane? Well, if I'm going on the ratings, I thought ugh, Mason, Pulisic and Kovar all deserved like a 9 out of 10. With with the uh, player of the year, it, I couldn't... Ugh, I think I'd just edge Mason because he came into it with, with expectations a little bit low it, from quite early on about five to ten games in you realized that he was frank had put his hat on him and he was the first teamer he was going to be part of the part of that about 11 literally for the whole season played in a couple of different positions his levels never really dropped uh and but Pulis, i love the players that get you off your seat you know like the hazards and i didn't think i'd see when when he left i didn't think i'd see one for a while Pulisic gets me off my seat so I was just being a little bit cheeky, really. But I, I will say Mason just edges it, edges it for me. Well, that's good enough for me. So that won't affect the vote, though, because Mason, Mason Mount uh, has the clear majority of our votes. Uh, the only person who went completely differently, and this is absolutely why I love this man totally, Clayton went for Aspie. Didn't he, Clayton? I did. And for all the reasons I, I spouted... When we talked about him, I just think he's just, you know, if you're looking for a player of the season, somebody who's consistently brilliant throughout the season, um, 
for me, listen, Mason was amazing. He's the best young player we've had for a long time. Christian Pulisic was fantastic. Um, I can't really get over the fact um, in terms of voting for a player of the season that Pulisic, I don't know the exact figures, but I can't think that he played more than half the games. Now, obviously, he's injured, so that's not his fault. But is he one of those players who, a bit a, a bit of an Arjun Robin, that we're going to be missing him for, for long stretches of time? I hope not. Um, Mason was great, but he wasn't consistently great. Uh, I, I said, and I have said on the fan cast on numerous occasions, um, that when Mason plays, we play. And there have been occasions where he hasn't been great. Uh, he's been hiked off a couple of times at half time. And I think that's down to fatigue more than anything else. Fatty, fatigue. Um, so that's why I went for Asby. Uh, fair enough. Um, you know, the, 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 we should mention, I mean, the only, the, I mean, actually, this is interesting, I think, in itself, because it's like life imitating art imitating life, because I think much of the debate this year about who gets player of the year for the club uh, will be between Mason Mount and Matteo Kovacic. And, and as it proved with us, really, apart from Clayton, and I totally get why Clayton went for uh, Aspie, and I don't think there's any harm in that whatsoever. But Marco, Alex and Dean all went for Kovacic. Um, who I again I think had a had a fantastic season and of course interestingly enough, um, uh, you know he only just well I mean yeah they were pretty close in, the, in our overall ratings. Uh, Dean, uh, can make the case for Kovacic. I think based on you know how people viewed him last season and people didn't really want to sign him, you know the performances he gave and the you know, how instrumental he was in that midfield at times this season. Um, sort of swung it for me, you know. Now, you know, no complaints with Mount being player of the season either. Um, <coughs> season with him, but you know, I think influencing the game from that midfield and enabling you know what Frank wants from that you know midfield and defence, you know, for me was our stand-up player. Fair enough. Uh, right, breakthrough player of the year was a lot more straightforward. Although interestingly enough, Mason Mount figured hugely in this as well. In fact, you know, Dan, Marco, Alex uh, and Dean all went for Mason Mount. So it, it was a close run thing. Uh, in fact, actually, I can't add up. Uh, in fact, it's a tie. Uh, well, OK, so this is good. This is good. Right. I went for Billy Gilmore, as did Clayton. Oh, no, it is not. It's because I've, I've not included uh, myself being a twat. So basically, Billy, Billy Gilmore did win it by five to four. So it was very, very tight. Um, I went for B- uh, Billy Gilmore, as did JK, as did Clayton, uh, as did Martin, as did Mark. Uh, as I said, Dean, Alex, uh, Marco and Dan all went for uh, Mason Mount. So Billy Gilmore gets our breakthrough player of the year. Uh, Tony went for Reese James, <coughs> as did Dane, actually. So, Tony, uh, why Reese James and not Gilmore or, or Mount? Uh, I just think Rhys James featured far more than in Billy Gilmore this season, who's, who had a handful of starts but very good performances. But I think Rhys James, um, on the point that he's still a developing player, I think you know Frank. Frank has, uh, has several times said what a, what a big player he's going to be for us, and I, I see that in him. I see, I see echoes of, of players from the past that have been you know absolutely enormous for us, and and. Uh, uh, a stalwarts of the team 
Um, I think his ability to cross the ball is, is the best in the team. I think he, he, you know, when you consider that he plays at the back, um, you know, as Piliqueta should be going over and having a little chat with him, saying, how the bloody hell do you manage to get them crosses in? Because I like as. I was going to say, it's not a high bar, Tony, is it? Well, no. <laughs> best crosser in that team. <laughs> no, but, uh, no, actually, I think he is. I think he's better. I think he's he's, he's massive and underrated. I think he, he can he can put the ball in. And he's not scared to have a shot. He's got he's got everything there. And I, I, I just really think that, for me... Um, you know, when when you think he was playing for Wigan last season, and I know there are parallels with Mason Mount and Tamori and those who who were playing in in, in lesser lesser clubs, if you like, last season. I think Reese James, uh, it, look, he, he has a tendency to switch off. But when you look at his age, the same as Tammy Abraham, I think these players will have had they've, they've possibly been on the biggest learning curve of many many players in the Premier League this year. They, they're never going to be a class of ninety two, but I tell you something. Um, there isn't a single youngster that's been started in our team that I don't think would get into another team. I think they'd walk into any other squad in the, in the Premier League without a doubt, including those above us. And Reese James, I just think he's going to be—he's got every attribute to be an absolutely world-class player, in my view. Well, speaking of of young talent breaking through, and I, I mean, I, I, I mean, you know, Mark, myself, Marco. And J.K. and Tony, in particular, have been around, and Clayton, of course. Sorry, Clayton, been around the block a long time. Uh, Mark, me, and uh, basically voted for Billy Gilmore, um, as did Clayton, as did J.K., as did I. Um, so, Mark, uh, Mark, me, and why, why Billy Gilmore for you? Oh, just a joy to see him come into the team. And I know he only made a small number of appearances, but apart from one game, he hardly put a foot wrong. And, yeah, the standout game for me was the Liverpool FA Cup game. He was absolutely superb in that game. So I think, yeah, three young players this year, Reese James, Mount and Billy Gilmore. But I went for Mount as player of the year. So sort of the right thing, you know, Gilmore broke through into the team this year. All the accolades that have been talked about in Scotland, you know, Coming out, coming down to Chelsea, have all been justified. This is a player of real talent, and you know, look forward to seeing him in the blue shirt in the forthcoming years to come. Well, let, let's hope his knee gets better. Um, that's for sure. Um, but uh, yeah, I do too. I think he's a, a super super player. Glad we nicked him from Rangers. Uh, now, the most disappointing player of the year, you would have thought, was a shoe. In in many respects, it was. Uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven of us. That's, uh, you know, seven of us voted for Kepper, unsurprisingly, and that was me, JK, Clayton, Tony, Dan, Martin and Mark. Uh, and then we had a bit of a disparity from Marco, Alex, Dane and Dean. Uh, Marco, you went for Jorginho. Mm. Was it Justice Barnett that pissed you off or was there something else? No, well, I'll tell you what, I think this was um, purely down to... Um, when I came to edit the book and obviously reading back through the sort of granular details of the games and, you know, I, I took a look at Bournemouth, I took a look at Southampton, those home games that we lost. Uh, and then the last few games, you know, like the cup final, that man is an embarrassment, you know, as somebody who loves Chelsea, there's nothing more that I love than to see a player who is giving his all for the shirt. You know, kind of, I know we've spoken about Aspilicueta. Um, but, you know, 
and I, and I, he's just an embarrassment. He literally, you know, didn't stand up to be counted. Picked up thirteen bookings in a season. It's just hopeless. He goes missing, um, and the reason that I didn't go with Kepper, similarly, um, you know, he was left exposed by players like Jorginho. Um, so that 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 that's the rationale behind that. If 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 I not had the, you know, if I'd not been in a position to have that level of detail to review at the end of the season, um, maybe I'd have just gone with Kepper because it was just in my head. But just reading back through um, some of those performances that he put in or non-performances is just absolutely disgraceful. Disgraceful player. Mm. Shouldn't play for the club. Time to go. Wow, brilliant. Um, Alex, you went for Hudson-Odoi. I just thought uh, his response, I know he was injured at the beginning, but his response to adversity throughout the season was just shit. And I just think for someone who we expect so much of and who caused so much trouble with his balls the fucking year before about, oh, I might go to Munich and I might do this and I might run off and leave you, he rewarded Frank very little for the faith that he took. Okay, fair enough. Um, there was a, a huge sound there, sorry, which put me off. Um, Dane, you went for Rudiger. Yeah, uh, I, I saw it with Kepper. I've seen it for the previous season, so it wasn't a surprise that he wasn't that good. Jorginho, I get all Marco's points, but again, you know, the club knew what they were buying. Yeah, you're putting that guy in there with no legs in the uh, the base of the midfield. He's he's going to get found out so many times. Rudiger, you know the old saying, you know when the players out, they became they become so much better. You look forward to them, to them coming back, and we got told so many times our defence will look better because we were still letting in goals even in that eleven game uh, unbeaten run. And I thought Rudiger would come back. You, you, I've heard you guys talk on previous shows about how he's the captain material. He's this, he's that. And I, Panzer. I, I thought that as well. Yeah, been disappointing. A very disappointing season. I still think that uh, Tamori's performances defensively have been better than any other defender this season. And that was all at the beginning. I think Rudiger has, hasn't had a good season. Well, really. it's a good segue, Dane, because your mate Dean... Uh, actually, he went. You went for Tamori. Why? Why Tamori for you, Dean? Well, like uh, Dane said, you know, he was probably the best defender during the start of the season, and then you know, there's this opportunity there for him to get a place in that team because the defence is so bad. You know, to be that centre half and then wait for the summer when we sign a new defender and play alongside him, and he is totally disappeared off the radar. I don't know if that is all his own doing or that's um, that's from Frank, but you know, I just felt that he had the opportunity there like um, to make that place his own and you know he's he's disappeared so that's sort of frustrating more than disappointing cool Dane you want to come back on that and then I'll, yeah, I'll bring Martin in I don't know who said it earlier it was either Clayton or Tony but when uh, Tamori and Zuma were centre-backs that was our best partnership and that was our best defensive displays and the frustrating thing with Tamori, which maybe makes Dean frustrated, is his defensive displays, again, I've said it probably about four times now, probably boring everyone, but his defensive displays was better than any other. Take out Dave. 
was better than any other defensive displays I've seen this season. It's just a shame he, you know, he only he only let his levels dropped a couple of times. I think he was right. Some I think Clayton again said Arsenal away, uh, where he eventually went right back and got taken off for Lamptey and Bournemouth away. But compare his bad displays to a lot of the other defenders. It's, you wonder if there's something going on behind the scenes. Something must have happened, Dane. Something must have happened mm. in, in yes. training for him not to be selected or an attitude or uh, I think he yes. was supposed to be going out with a girl from Love Island, wasn't he, or something as well. But perhaps he, he just it, it didn't exist. So what, Frank was jealous? And uh, Yeah, <laughs> completely. Yeah, yeah. I was. Indeed, <laughs> aren't we all? Mar- Martin, you wanted to come in a minute ago, Martin. Yeah, as, about Rudiger, I mean, he has been horrendously inconsistent for someone who was, you know, pinned as a leader. But maybe as a former mitigation, I mean, what happened in December at Tottenham with the reported racial abuse and some of the um, Ferrari about that. And I, I think his performance is dipped after that point. Now, I could be clutching at straws on that, but I think it's something to bear in mind. See, certain elements of the game elements of his game become a little bit more emotionally led after that point. And even when we played him in the return fixture and those pricks were booing him every time he touched the ball. And you just thought that completely out of order. But we'll see. I mean, he does have to improve and he does have to show he's got something because I'm hoping tomorrow he's not in the doghouse for too long because I agree with what you've all been saying about his performances, especially in the first half of the season. Sorry, Sorry, Martin, go on. I'll just to finish the point that he wouldn't Thomas, we would make a mistake early on, but it wouldn't affect him. He'd grow into the game, and by the end of it, he'd just be bossing I hope so too. I, I think he's potentially the most talented of the, of the central defenders we've got, and it's a mystery to me why he seems to have dropped off the radar. And I suspect none of us. Well, maybe we need J.K. Maybe we need Ron back. Uh, I'll ask Ron actually. I'll ask, but he's he's been he's been he got pissed off with me. He started to quote from the Metro. And I said, hang on, that's just a story in the Metro. And he said, it might be, it might be, it might not. He said, it might not be. I, see, I, don't, I, don't, think he's, I don't think he's seen JT, though, because of COVID. So, yeah. And JT was the major source. Source has been cut off. I'll ask, I'll ask again, though. You've run and out he, of HP source, mate. I have to say there are aspects, and we all took the piss out of Ron, but there were aspects of Ron that he actually got absolutely right. He yeah. said that they hated Kepper. This was last October. Yeah trying to get rid of him and he said that and i said that and people said ah rubbish also um he, he said the chillwell thing was was uh, frank didn't rate chillwell that was back then and he also said that um, emerson had asked for a transfer this is last october and didn't like london and i think that his performance has been uh, indicative of him wanting to get away so i think there were we were we were we were poo-pooing uh, ron but there were you know the stories that jt gave him were actually were actually pretty pretty real really. well, I was, so, was going to actually put a vote in for Ron as our breakthrough player of the season actually just, uh, based the, on the, his... the problem is it'd probably only be once a season so you have to then hang on to those well, thoughts for, you know this was you keep, October you, you, know. you keep saying Ron and I keep thinking of that puppet character that's on Twitter occasionally <laughs> old man like Ron not him thankfully right okay we're going to go... be more amusing oh, I love him He's brilliant. I can marry him. We're, we're going to go. We're going to go to goal of the season now, which is a, a very weirdly split vote. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to let you know who's voted for what first, and then we might have to figure it all out. I've gone for Mount versus Wolves. J.K.'s gone for Pulisic against Burnley. Uh, didn't he score three? J.K. Which one was it? Any of them. Okay. Fair enough. <laughs> 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 Good answer. Uh, 
Clayton, uh, I, I, if I could have predicted anything in life, it would be that Clayton would have gone for Alonso versus Spurs at home. In fact, actually, with Clayton, any goal against Spurs, but he's gone for Correct. Alonso. Uh, Tony, like me, has gone for Mount versus Wolves. Dan has gone for Tamori versus Wolves, which I think is a good shout, actually. Pulisic has gone for, sorry, Marco has gone for Pulisic versus Man City. Another good shout. Alex will ask in a minute because uh, she didn't uh, recall any, I think. Tamori versus Wolves was what Martin chose. Uh, Mark. Mark's, Mark's got, uh, uh, you know, he's, he's, he's split choice here. So I'll go to him about this in a minute. But he's got William versus Spurs or Pulisic versus Burnley. Dane has gone for Abraham versus Liverpool. And Dean has gone for Ross Barkley versus Liverpool. So what a diversity of opinion. The only... Uh, only only two well the only two goals that got more than one person choosing them was Mount versus Wolves and Tamori versus Wolves and depending on what we get out of uh, Mark uh, Pulisic versus Burnley so I'm going to go to Mark first and get him to nail his colours to the mask William versus Spurs Mark or Pulisic versus Burnley oh I couldn't make my mind up I, I, I thought the William goal against Spurs especially seen from behind the goal uh, at White Hart Lane or whatever they call it these days. Um, just the way he bent that ball in, you know, I just thought, what a great finish. But then that Pulisic run, I think it was the second goal of his hat-trick at Burnley, where he picks it up just inside a half and just runs and shoots. I just thought it was a tremendous goal as well. Hedge your bet, I'd go for William against Spurs. OK, well, that you're a star. That makes life very simple because now that makes it a two-way tie between... Um, Mount versus Wolves and Tamori versus Wolves. So Dan Dan and uh, Martin both went for Tamori versus Wolves. Dan, tell me why Tamori versus Wolves is better than my choice and Tony's choice, which was Mount against Wolves in the home game. I think what you said to back picks it up and hits it from 35 yards out. It takes a lot of beating. It reminds me of that goal um, the Berth got against Leicester in the last minute. Absolutely just a beautiful strike from centre-half. When that happens, it's, it's got to be goal of the season because it was just such a phenomenally, truly hit strike. Fair enough. Tony, it proved to me why my choice of Mount versus Wolves should be the goal of the season. I think possibly in my, for me, it was because I was looking at Mount more to see whether or not this, you know, this, this young lad was going to fulfil the promise. And I think he did. I think he had a little dry spell, didn't he, just after... Lockdown, but before that, and then didn't we all? Well, yeah, um, but I think towards the end of the season, he he, he came back in, and I think also, um, you know, in the beginning of the season, he, he's an exceptionally cool, calm character, and and there's very little difference between him in front of goal. I think and Pulisic, I, th- I think they both possibly Pulisic is more the the more accomplished finisher, but Mount, um, I, th- I think Mount's got everything there to be another Frank. Um, in terms of you know uh, hanging around in the box and getting those those goals and and setting them up and 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 looking and seeing what the players I, I think he's when I think of the fuss that was made over Rooney when I see the fuss that's been made over Phil Foden who's not even fucking close to Mason Mount in my view um, I just think the goal he got against Wolves was, and what I would say is though the interesting diversity that you've got on the goals there is possibly simply because we don't have or we haven't yet got that world-class... In previous seasons, there would have been no choice but Eden Hazard versus West Ham. Eden Eden Hazard versus Liverpool. Eden Hazard versus... Totally standout goals that took your fucking breath away because you were in that ground watching it thinking, he can't, he can't, no way. 
fuck me, yes, and that sort of thing. But I, I you know, I, so for me, Mount look, Tamori, I, I, I like him and I like his goal, but for me, it's Mount, Mount versus Wolves. Well, I'm going to add one more. And by the way, when I've finished waffling on, Alex, who didn't get a vote in the goal of the season, is going to pick between Mount versus Wolves or Tamori versus Wolves. Before that, Alex, it's going to add one more thing. One of the reasons why I chose Mount's goal was not just because it was just such a brilliantly executed free kick. I mean, it was perfect. The reason I also voted for it was because it was so utterly important. Uh, Wolves, we knew, would be a really tough team to break down, and we had to win that game to finish in the top four. And for a 21-year-old kid to have the confidence uh, to, to put that away like that not take any shit from Barkley sniffing around or whoever else was, I can't remember now. But I just thought you've got massive balls and it takes a big player to step up in a big moment and put it away. So that's that's why I went for Mount versus Wolves. I, I thought the Tamori goal against Wolves was absolutely wonderful. But for me, Mount got it. Alex, you get to pick. Firstly, I will pick. I know which one I'm going to pick, but I didn't choose one. Was like Tony said, none of them really took my breath away in a way that made it impossible to go for any other one. So I'm going to use this vote to vote for something else that's taken my breath away and made it impossible to ignore. And that is Tony's lockdown hair. That's, that's not a goal. <laughs> it is a goal to have hair like that. It's a scullery moment, Jim. What about mine? I mean, you know, you can't that's, see it. That's hairist. Alex. Anyway, uh, Alex, pick a right, goal. Can you do me a favour? Can you just do a flick like you were on a L'Oreal adverse? Oh, oh my God. That. It's because he's worth it. Come on, Alex. Come on, Alex. Pick a goal. Mount. Mason Mount. Thank you. You're right. It, had, it was more important. You're but absolutely... The one, I remember being more excited at the Tomori one at the time, but the Mason Mount one, definitely. Well, Mount gets it. Well done, Alex, for uh, sorting that one out for us. I am greatly obliged. Okay. So, um... We've done. We've done bloody hell. We've just whizzed through that. We'd better go for a break then, hadn't we? After the break, we're going to do the best result, the best uh, best result, the best match, the, be- the worst result, the worst match. Which, as I can recall uh, from when we uh, were sorting all this out earlier, caused Clayton a huge amount of confusion, for which I apologise. <laughs> but uh, the answers will no doubt be very interesting. Now, before we do that, um, a quick shout out for the beloved Chelsea special, which, of course, are... Uh, a series of interviews that I did uh, with Martin King, where we interviewed some great Chelsea legends from the past. Kerry Dixon, Bobby Tambling, Chopper Harris, Tommy Baldwin, Johnny Boyle, Johnny Bumstead, Gary Chivers, Colin Pates and Canners, plus Danny Harkins. Um, and they're all available as uh, as podcasts, for which you pay the privilege of £2.99, which covers the cost of produ- uh, production, which were we actually paid the players, so we had to cover that. Uh, you can get them from chelseaspecial.podbean.com. They really, really are worth listening to. These guys really opened up to me and Martin, and they are hilarious and entertaining, and I really, really can't recommend them highly enough. And actually, if, if any of you have been listening to the 50 Years of Chelsea series that we've been doing, I've been you know siphoning off clips from them to punctuate some of the stuff that we're talking about, and it, it's fitted in seamlessly and has been really, really good. So there we go, chelseaspecial.podbean.com. Uh, and of course, we're on Twitter at Chelsea underscore special. And we have a website, ChelseaSpecial.com. And by the way, Podbean is also where Alex uh, has got all of her fantastically brilliant history hacks. So when you're on Podbean, check out History Hack. Uh, unlike us, they're free so and they're much more intelligent. Maybe not as entertaining, but certainly more intelligent. And I have to say, I thought of Alex tonight doing this uh, big Zoom thing because I listened to her Band of Brothers thing. And she, I think she had more people in her Zoom 
podcast for Band of Brothers and we've got in here tonight. 17. Yeah. And some of them hadn't seen each other since they filmed because Matt Settle turned up. So it was like teenage girls. At Nuts. A busted concert. It was... Ah... Uh... So there you go. Check uh, check the history hack out. Uh, Alex is just a genius when it comes to that stuff. Now, we'll be back after this very short break, as I said, doing the best and worst results and matches. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNuggets share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com.